Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Yes, indeed, The Weekend Report is on your radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd and my partner Chris Arps continues to practice proper social distancing, so he joins us uh, through the marvel of modern technology connected to the ARPS compound somewhere in the metro area. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. We've got a great show. Can't wait to get started. We have got a packed show today. You are not going to want to go anywhere. Um, I'm going to work a little bit backwards here in promoting the show. In in hour number two, coming up a little bit later on, we are going to have our friend Skip Weber on for another edition of the Weird News Challenge. The Weird News Challenge had a very controversial ending last week when Skip Weber stole the game on the QMD, the question of mass destruction at the very end from Chris Arps. Uh, We are also next hour at the top of the next hour, so about one hour from now. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're going to talk to the mayor of Florissant, Tim Lowry. Florissant, of course, is the biggest uh, city in St. Louis County. And St. Louis County and city are starting their reopening process on Monday. Phase one of reopening is on Monday. So uh, the mayor of Florissant has a lot of information and insight on how that is going to work. So I'm looking forward to talking to him about that. A little bit later on this hour, we're going to talk to our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller. And in the next segment uh, from now, so just a few minutes, we are going to talk to the former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich. And I am very much looking forward to this discussion. Um, We're actually going to try to break a little early in this first segment so we can give the governor a little bit of extra time. Um, There's an article in the Daily Caller written by Virginia Cruda that you can see on my Twitter right now uh, where the uh, former governor 
compares what he went through to what Michael Flynn is going through right now and what the comparisons and the similarities between his case and the Michael Flynn case. And it's very, very fascinating. So we'll get his uh, thoughts on that. And also want to ask the former governor about what he thinks about the current governor of Illinois and how J.B. Pritzker has handled the pandemic situation and, of course, what is happening in Madison County as they have voted to start a reopening process there. And the governor, uh, Pritzker, has threatened Madison County um, with pulling business licenses and withholding stimulus funds uh, to businesses in Madison County if they indeed go ahead with that uh, reopening that they overwhelmingly voted to move forward with. So don't go anywhere. A packed show. Rod Blagojevich coming up in the very next segment. Uh, Before we get to that, though, I want to talk to uh, my partner, Chris Arps, about a couple things, including a couple of brand new articles that uh, you have written at redstate.com. We talked a little bit about the Georgia shooting on last week's show. That is another story that continues to be in the headlines. And you wrote a, I think, very uh, uh, great article about the situation in Georgia and some of the reaction throughout uh, the black conservative community about it. Can you uh, shed a little light on uh, on what you wrote about in Red State and then uh, people can go and check it out. I can't, Tony, but before I start, can you say Blagojevich fast three times? Blagojevich, Blagojevich, Blagojevich. That's only two. But anyway, I I read one of the articles that I wrote this week uh, for Red State uh, was regarding uh, Candace Owens, the Blexit founder, African-American conservative uh, activist. She made some very uh, controversial tweets over the weekend regarding the Ahmad Arbery case. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, said that she didn't believe his his uh, his account or believe the account that was being said about it. Uh, she was saying that African American conservatives were were being like African American liberals and jumping to conclusions and automatically saying this was a lynching. And so a lot of my fellow black conservatives uh, were not happy about this. They didn't want to feel that Candace Owens spoke for them. So I wrote uh, an article uh, about the situation. I had a bunch of black conservatives that uh, were in there quoting, saying that they didn't didn't agree with it. Uh, the article got 500 comments, and, and that one article accounted for 6% of red states' Wow. Traffic for that for that day. So it was very controversial in a sense. But I, I just basically said that, you know, she doesn't represent the black conservative movement. And it was very important for us to get out in front and says that what her words, uh, yeah. what she said, didn't represent us. And basically she she was very critical about the. Uh, black uh, conservative community and the way that they've handled this. Uh, now, she did say that he didn't deserve to die, but she kind of said that after she made her first point. Uh, but she just said, you know, like, he's not, he wasn't this innocent jogger. And my, my quick thought on it is... Um, he was, you know, spotted illegally trespassing in this in this home right before this all went down. And, uh, yeah, maybe he wasn't. Maybe she's right that he was more than just an innocent man out for a jog. But that doesn't change anything about the way that the situation ended. What happened still was not self-defense. 
it was not a justified uh, stopping of this man by these two these two guys in Georgia. And certainly it shouldn't have ended in a shooting. So even if she's right, it doesn't change anything about what ultimately happened. Exactly. And she and others are taking uh, taking the tack that. On the video, you can see Ahmaud Arbery grabbing the gun and kind of tussling with the shooter with it. And, you know, my point of view was, you know, he could either run and get shot in the back or you either try to wrestle with your attacker and get the gun away from him and and try to save your life. I I don't think that necessarily makes him the the aggressor. And that's part of this whole situation that really angers me, me the most, because what you're seeing clearly on tape, and I know it's a section of the tape, but I don't see anything in there that justifies him being uh, shot and killed. No, I completely agree. Even if he was trespassing or doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing uh, a few minutes before. It's not a capital offense. Exactly. Them them stopping him, that's something for the police. If they want to follow him and make sure that the police are able to identify him, they didn't even know that he had done that. My understanding is they didn't even know that he had been in that home just before then. He They, they were uh, monitoring him for other uh, reasons. Uh, and I, maybe I'm wrong about that, but, but still, the bottom line is they were out of line. They they shouldn't have been stopping him. It wasn't self defense, and no matter what happened beforehand, it uh, it 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 doesn't justify what happened at the end. We've got to go because I want to I want to leave some time okay. for uh, Governor Blagojevich, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to revisit that story and some of the other big headlines of the week a little bit later on in the show. But let's go ahead and break early here and uh, give a little extra time to the former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich, joins us on the Weekend Report when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I'm sitting in a tree, swimming in the breeze. I'm looking at the blue sky, smelling it so sweet. My pretty little angel, my pretty little queen. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd. Chris Arps still connected through the miracle of modern technology as he uh, continues to practice proper social distancing. Uh, still with us, Chris? I am still here, Tony. Awesome. And as I mentioned in that last segment, joining us now on the line, we are very excited to talk to talk to former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich joins us on the Weekend Report. Governor, thanks for your time today. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much for having me, Tony. And hello, Chris. Yeah, hey. 
You bet. So being here in St. Louis, obviously, uh, we have a lot of listeners in the state of Illinois, and I want to get into one of the big stories that's happening uh, across the uh, across the river in Illinois in Madison County in a, in a few minutes. But first, uh, kind of one of the, the reasons that we're having you on today is our, our friend Virginia Cruda, who writes for The Daily Caller, uh, recently did an article for you, about you in The Daily Caller uh, that I highly suggest you go read. I will link that article on my Twitter account. Uh, but it it, uh, it was very enlightening in that your experience, which has been well-documented, um, it, you, you, you draw a lot of comparisons to what you went through as to what General Flynn is going through right now. Can you kind of explain the similarities between your cases? Oh, sure. Well, you know, I, I sat in prison for eight years, and I want to say again, as I've been saying over and over again for more than a decade, for things that aren't crimes, for political things that are routine uh, and that uh, – that happen every day in politics. They criminalize non-existent crimes. Uh, mm. What their motivation is, it, it, it is sometimes partisan politics. Sometimes it's these prosecutors have, they're out of control, they're unaccountable, and they, they go on to bigger and better things and become big partners in law firms. So I'm sitting in prison watching, you know, the Russian collusion, delusion, which was all fake. I watched that, uh, the abuse of the impeachment process with a Ukrainian phone call by President Trump, which was, by the way, something the president of the United States has to do. He has a duty uh, to uh, uh, look into possible corruption, which might or might not be the case with Biden and his son in Ukraine. So that was an appropriate phone call, and they impeached him over that. And then I'm watching General Flynn, and I'm watching how they set him up, and they went out and tried to get him to, uh, to say something that they can then turn around and say is a lie. It's a perjury trap. They did the same thing to me. And the mistake you make is when you, in good faith, talk to these people because you think they're actually – you know, the best and the brightest, they've gone to the best law schools, they're the guardians of the rule of law. You just assume they're the good guys. Mm-hmm. And I I made that mistake. General Flynn made that mistake. And uh, their, they, their motivations, at least some of them, uh, is, is actually to actually get you. Uh, in the case of General Flynn, they want him so they can flip him on, on President Trump. In the case of me, they were just after me. And, you know, you tell the truth to these people. And then they lie, and then they say that what you said is a lie, and then it's your word against theirs, and then they manipulate the, the court system and are able to be successful in, uh, in, um, in getting a jury to believe it. Now, with General Flynn, what they did, and again, I saw it in my experience, they threatened his family. They threatened to bring charges against his son, and they were destroying him financially. This is what they do to you, too, because they have unlimited resources, the power of the federal government they bring to bear. And then you're, you're an ordinary person, and you don't, you don't have that kind of money. I was the governor, but I, I didn't have that kind of money. I'm not Governor Pritzker in Illinois who inherited billions of dollars. My father was a steel worker. <laughs> Can you okay? give us an example, Governor, of, of the, the types of – like you just, you just illustrated what's been reported on about Michael Flynn, and I think it's pretty obvious that that is exactly how that went down. Can you give us examples of, of what you experienced? Well, yeah, there's examples with Flynn. There's also examples with Roger Stone, and the examples between President Trump and me are endless. Uh, I, I truly believe they used the playbook that they successfully used against me and then applied it to President Trump. In other words, they were successful at taking out a Democratic governor at the AAA level, and then they were, with that, they thought, hey, we can go after a bigger game. We'll go after uh, the Republican president at the major league level. Uh, and I and I can give you all kinds of examples of the things I saw they did to Trump that they did to me. Now, he has more power, and he was able to hold on to his base. 
and the people out there who support President Trump stayed with him. And the, the president has a bully pulpit and the ability to communicate with them. And our president, President Trump, has really uh, revolutionized politics with the use of Twitter. But back when they did it to me, I didn't have that. So there's this documentary now called uh, Trial by Media that Netflix had just put out this week. It talks about how I was trying to fight back by getting out in the media because I saw how rigged the system was. And they were not going to allow me to prove my innocence with tape recordings they made. They didn't let them in. And uh, so I did the best I could publicly, and they didn't convict me at the first trial. They tried me a second time. So President Trump has a larger bully pulpit. He also was able to hold on to his base because his supporters, God bless them all across America, are understandably very supportive of him because he's been fighting to keep the promises he made to them. And unlike most people in politics, this is a president who actually keeps his promises and expends political capital to get those promises done, like the wall and some of the other issues. Um, But no, uh, Roger Stone was arrested at his home and uh, they brought a it's early in the morning in the darkness of the early morning. And they brought with the, the FBI brought with them a SWAT team surrounding his house. Of course, they also brought CNN with them, which is really a question of uh, that ought to be asked how they could ethically bring a media outlet that's a partisan media outlet to arrest a citizen of our country. I was a sitting governor of the fifth biggest state in America. And one morning at 6 a.m., early morning hours at 6 a.m. in the darkness of a December morning, they came to my house and they came with a SWAT team and a hostage negotiator. Like, I, like somehow I was going to, you know, fight back and, you know, uh, not submit to the arrest. They came and arrested me. And it's a tactic that they use. They use it on Stone. They use it on me. They used it on President Trump's lawyer, Cohen, when they raided his office, which is another question, because uh, Cohen being the sleazy guy that he is and the weak guy that he is, still he has rights as an attorney. And to have the attorney's office raided by the FBI is a violation of attorney-client privilege. But in the case of me and Roger Stone, they came to our houses and arrested us. And they do this because it's a psychological form of uh, psychological warfare that they use. They, they bring shock and awe. It's designed to terrorize you. It's designed to terrorize your family. My young daughters at that time, uh, my little Annie was five years old. My daughter Amy was uh, 12, and they're sleeping. Unfortunately, they, they didn't see it happen, but they were going to get up in a few, you know, in a, in a half an hour or so and get ready for school. And they come and do this to scare you. And, they, and, the, and the purpose is to get you to say the things they want you to say and to basically plead guilty to things that you know and they know aren't crimes or to use you in the case of Roger Stone to get him on some sort of process issue, a process crime, which is questionable because here again, it's like General Flynn. It's their word against his, but they want to use you to then go after the the bigger game. In the case of Roger Stone and General Flynn, it's all designed to go after President Trump. In the case of me, I was the one they wanted to get. So the other people that they went and arrested the morning they arrested me, they were, they were basically, uh, I mean, they were, there to turn yeah. and use to ultimately bring me down. So, wow. you know, I didn't give in. I fought back every step of the way, uh, recognizing that I was up against these powerful forces and a system that was rigged. And even though they were unable to convict at the first trial on the conduct corruption charges, something like 22 counts because there were no crimes, uh, you know, they, they have the power to then try you again. And then they change the rules and then they, they lie to the jury about what the law is and they, convict you on fake law. That was never the sale of a Senate seat in my case. That case was actually reversed by the appellate court. It was just routine law ruling. That's what they called that. Now, one of the common denominators that you might find in all of this, 
the General Flynn stuff, the stuff against President Trump, the stuff with Roger Stone uh, and stuff with me. The one common denominator among the well, there's one common denominator. There are several others, but one that really jumps out is the Obama Justice Department. And uh, these are a lot of the same people. Comey, Fitzgerald, Mueller, they were all active in my stuff, just like uh, with President Trump. Mueller was the head of the FBI. He signed off on the arrest of a sitting governor. So I can go on and on about parallels. And and I recognize what they're doing to General Flynn and what they've done to President Trump because I lived it myself. And to quote one of the great St. Louis natives of all time, Yogi Berra from the Hill neighborhood, yeah. What did he say? It's deja vu all over. <laughs> We're talking to former yeah. Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich. Go ahead, Chris. Governor, this is Chris Sarks. We're going to switch gears a second uh, to politics. You know, thankfully, the pandemic is the, the curve has flattened on that and we're starting to reopen society. As a former governor, you have a very unique perspective on that. Can you tell us uh, as a governor did President Trump, has he done everything that he could as governor? And if you don't mind, critique the performance of your successor, uh, Governor Pritzker. He's taken a lot of controversy on keeping the uh, state ex- uh, locked down for an extended period of time. Yes. In fact, I, I, have, I have a podcast on that subject. That I have this new podcast that's coming out next nice. week called Lightning Rod. That's what they named it. And, uh, <laughs> ah, good name. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't come up with that. They, they, they did. And that other name, they call me Blago. I never came up with that either. Huh. But, uh, but in terms of uh, President Trump and Governor Pritzker and, frankly, governors across the country, I know a lot about this subject because, well, I was a governor. And I was the right. governor for six years. And way back in 2005, uh, at the, uh, in the uh, second to the last year of my first term, we had information that suggested that there was going to be this pandemic that was coming to Illinois. It was called the bird flu. And because we had reasonable belief that this was going to happen, we started working to prepare for this very terrible thing that might come. And so my, as the governor, we, our Department of Public Health and uh, the Emergency Management Agency got together, and we put together a pandemic plan to address a flu along the lines of what we now are dealing with today. And we bought the necessary equipment that we had to have so that we can be ready. God forbid this flu came. And we fully expected that it was coming. Now, fortunately, it wasn't nearly as bad as what all the experts said it was going to be. And so we didn't have then what has happened now. So when Pritzker, our governor, and other governors get on their high horses, and our governor, Pritzker, seems to be the one who does it the most. He's the biggest figure who does this of all the governors. He gets on CNN and on MSNBC, and he shows on Sunday to bash President Trump and pointing fingers. The fact is the governors were asleep at the switch. They should have been more prepared. And so many of the things that they've had to address in the states, and particularly in Illinois, are things he could have addressed, but they allowed what we prepared back in 2005 to lapse. Mm. So my successor, the lame Pat Quinn, and this other guy, Rauner, who I don't know, I was gone when he was governor. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Pritzker, they just allowed all this stuff to lapse. And it's convenient. This is what politicians do. And it's politicians in all shapes and sizes, including our Governor Pritzker, They go on national television when they can to get their faces on TV, and they like to point fingers at the leader of the other party rather than working constructively to actually address what is a global pandemic and a crisis that's very much like war. So So I would critique our governor for being wrong on many counts, and among them is he should be working cooperatively with President Trump, not pointing fingers. And I do think the president, all things considered, has done a great job in addressing this uh, situation. And 
when he shut down travel from China, he was roundly criticized for being a racist when it, the whole thing came from China. Imagine had he not done that, how much worse things would have been. Yeah, he and then when he shut down travel, what? They would have, they would have like, you're, to your point, it, no matter what he would have done in that situation, he would have been criticized for it. I wanted to follow up on this point um, about what's happening in Illinois. Uh, the the situation in Madison County this week where they voted overwhelmingly to say we want the ability to make our own decisions and open up on our own timeline and not have to follow the governor, which is how it's been here in the state of Missouri, which has been uh, admittedly also controversial in that our governor in Missouri has allowed the uh, local governments to take control, which is the way I prefer it, but not all do. But in Madison County, they voted overwhelmingly to want to open back up, and Pritzker has lashed out against them, uh, threatening to pull business license saying that uh, this, if, if you're a licensed uh, by the state, uh, you know, your, li- your license could be in jeopardy if you go along with this in Madison County. Uh, he's, you know, threatening other he, like things like withholding stimulus money from Madison County. How do you think that I would just like your comment from uh, being in that position of, of governing the state of Illinois, uh, that approach to trying to get uh, a county in the state to basically fall in line um, instead of wanting to govern themselves. You're asking great questions, and, and, I, and you're the, I'm the right guy to answer these questions. I know. I, I consider myself, <laughs> That's why I'm taking advantage of our, our discussion. <laughs> right. Not only was I a governor right across the river from where you guys are, but I'm an expert on the deprivation of civil liberties. I know through hard experience. Okay, what, when the heavy hand of government reaches in and wants to screw you and take away your freedoms, how they can do it? And unless we as citizens band together and are vigilant, properly vigilant to fight it back against that, and we have to recognize the slippery slope, and it doesn't start with that knock in the early morning like it happened with me. Okay, what, what, that was a culmination of what they were doing, chasing me for five years before they ultimately did what they did. They didn't find anything, so they created stuff. So back to the question of Madison County and, and the heavy hand of Governor Pritzker. Um, th- th- this is a very dangerous thing he's to do it because now I understand that this is a public health crisis. You have to balance the safety of the public, first and foremost, above all things, with the need to get our economy in good health as well. I recognize public health is more important uh, in the sense of uh, preventing a, a virus that's killing people. That takes priority. However, we have enough evidence now. We've been at this now for nearly three months. We have enough evidence to see that there are places that are not nearly as affected as other places. And frankly, it's common sense. A lot more cases up here in Chicago than there are in southwestern Illinois. And so as other states have been opening up, we're getting more information and more evidence that things are getting back to normal and that things are okay. They're not, as, they're not you know, the virus, the testing and all the rest. Where there's ways to monitor whether or not it's going to be reignited. So when a local community like Madison County makes, has a vote like that and you got the governor actually threatening to bring the power of state government to punish that local community, you're going down a very dangerous, slippery slope, the beginning of the process of, of you know, frankly, Soviet Union-style forms of government. Instead of uh, the people at the local level organically deciding what's best for their communities, now suddenly you got these elites – uh, in high places like the governor, 
dictating to them what they ought to do. And then if they don't do it his way, he's going to punish them. This is very dangerous. Uh, and it's among the reasons why if I ever get my voting rights back, I'm going to vote against that guy. <laughs> we only have a couple minutes left, uh, Governor Bogoyevich. Uh, so I don't mean to rush you, but I know we wanted to get in a couple last questions. Go ahead, Chris. Governor, um, uh, as you know, when you become a high-profile figure, um, every rock is underturned uh, regarding your life, and people, you know, discover things about you. You know, I'm going to tell you one thing that I didn't know uh, and, until uh, you went off to prison. I had no idea that you colored your hair. Can you talk about that a little bit? And what wow. color uh, did you use? Usually, we wait till a guy's on the second time to go. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, oh, my God, his hair's white. I didn't know he dyed his hair. And as a bald guy, I love your beautiful, big, coiffed hair. This is coming from a guy, by the way, Governor, that hasn't had hair since he was 22 years old. So just so you know. 24, Tony, 24. No, it's a fair question. Well, here, I'll answer it this way. First of all, was that you, Chris, that asked that question? Yeah, it it was Chris. Yeah. Well, first of all, get your facts right. My hair's not white. It's silk. Okay. So here's 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 the deal. I was sitting in prison one time. We're, we're watching. Uh, there's a lot of stories about prison and the politics of prison. And those TVs are really precious things. And mm. there's a, if you're asking me when do the when is it most likely that a fight will break out in prison? It's over the fans in the summertime where there's no air conditioning. They fight over that, and they fight over the television. Wow. And who controls the television? Mm. And the televisions are political, and they're broken down by race, for example. There's the white TV, there's the African-American TV, there's the Latino TV, and then there's the universal sports TV, okay? And, of course, that one, you know, are we going to watch baseball or are we going to watch football? Are we going to watch basketball or are we going to watch baseball, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so those are natural conflicts. But everybody loves football, and football on Sundays is a big deal in prison. And for me, it was a way to get a – you know, I wouldn't watch all the games, but it was – I'd watch the Bears when they were on. I'd watch the Dallas Cowboys. It's a team that I like. Hey. I'd watch them when they were on. And I'm sitting there one time and watching the game, and there was a, there was a commercial, and you have headphones on because that's how they, you have to watch TV. But in between the commercials, a lot of the guys will take the headphones off and they'll start talking. And one of these guys says, to me, you know, Gov, they talk like that. You know, hey, dude, <laughs> dude, you know, I never realized. I always thought your hair was fake. I thought you wore a wig and, and – uh, and I thought it was all fake, but it's real. And I said, hey, man, there's nothing fake about me except the color of the hair. And he said, and what he said to me was that hair was black. And I said, that ain't black, man. It was Sable Brown, number 47D. Stop lying. <laughs> Sable Brown, number 47D. I love number it. 47D. That's an exclusive. Uh, that is. That is. Well, Governor Robert. You know I'm in good company. I want to defend myself. Can I just say this? I mean, yeah. Ronald Reagan, Mike Ditka, the great late 18th century uh, British uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, you know, uh, Richard Nixon, people in politics. It's a very common thing. Oh, it's sure. Not that uncommon. Absolutely. And, Governor, uh, but you remember, though, yeah. Ronald Reagan's barber took a lie detector test to say that Ronald Reagan never dyed his hair. Did he pass I that remember test? That. Did he pass that yes, test? Now that's yes. the kind of guy you want on your side because no. he'll never testify again. No kidding. That's an example. <laughs> no right? kidding. So, uh, Governor Bogoyevich, before we let you go, I was going to ask you uh, what you were working on now, but you, you kind of broke that a minute ago. You have a new podcast coming out. Can you tell people how to follow that when it when it uh, hits? Yeah, it's, it's going to be available on May the 20th. And uh, I, all this is new to me, the the technology, but apparently you download it, right? Is that what you do? It's a podcast. It's That's on it. iTunes. Yep. You can find it on iTunes and WLS. 
up in Chicago, and you can download that. And it's, uh, you know, I'm going to discuss a variety of things, the issues of the day, of course. We'll have guests. Uh, we've got some very interesting guests. Eric Bowling, who's a mm-hmm. uh, commentator on Fox, used to be, but now he's, he's on uh, another network. Yep. Uh, he was one of our guests talking about his plan, which is very interesting, about helping the, the economy during this time of shelter in place. Um, and I'm going to do something, you know, I'll talk about politics and have guests, but also what I'd like to do is I want to, I'm going to have some podcasts that deal with adversity and talk about, you know, people who've been examples to me, who've gone through real hard times and been able to find the strength and the inspiration to carry on and to persevere and endure through the adversity and fight through it. I hope that maybe somebody will listen to some of those podcasts and I'll have real life examples of people from history from the history books I read when I was in prison, but ordinary, regular, everyday people who won't get history books written about them, but who with great courage and fortitude dealt with the cards they were given and fought through their adversity. And in so many cases, they were able to turn that adversity and and, and, and turn it into something positive. The, you know, Some men and women out there, as I like to say, can rise on stepping stones of their dead selves uh, by moving, by, 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 uh, planting the seeds for future success during those valley periods of our lives. So a lot of these stories I drew on that helped me get through the long eight years of exile in prison for non-existent crimes. And I hope that I could share some of these insights through these podcasts uh, that can help people through their hard times, whether they've lost their job, whether there's an illness in the family, whether they've lost a loved one, help them through their grief. And for me, what I learned was, you nothing. There's nothing more powerful than love, the love I have for my daughters and for my wife, and then my faith in God. Those things sustain me, and I'd like to share some of those stories with other people and perhaps maybe help somebody along the way. We look forward to that, Governor, and, and you said the name of the podcast is Lightning Rod, and it'll be available on iTunes and many other places. We'll definitely keep our eyes open for that. Um, last question. It, uh, we're way over, way out of time. So just a, a quick answer, if you can. Do you still consider yourself a Democrat, Governor? I'm a Trumpocrat. Okay. I'm a Trumpocrat. And one of my podcasts will be on the subject of why I'm a Trumpocrat and why the Democratic Party has left working people. All right. We'll look forward to that and look forward to hopefully having you back again soon, sir. Thanks for your time. It's been a, a, a great discussion. Appreciate you guys. All the best to you guys. Yeah, back at you. Thank you for joining us. All right, we have got to take a break. When we get back, I mentioned Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller wrote an article about uh, Governor Blagojevich. You can see on my Twitter we're going to talk to Virginia when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk.
Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo in studio with producer Frank Ladd. Chris Arps on the line. Big thank you to the former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich, for joining us in that last segment. If you missed anything, make sure you download our podcast on the radio.com app and go back and check that out. Got uh, some great information and insight from the former governor. And as I mentioned uh, when we were talking with him, uh, part of the reason that we were able to get him is our uh, friend Virginia Cruda, who joined us now from the Daily Caller. Virginia wrote a great article in the Daily Caller about the former governor that you can see on my Twitter. I posted a link on Twitter a little bit ago. Uh, I highly recommend you go and check that out and listen to the interview. And uh, yeah, Virginia, I don't know if you had a chance to, you, you, you couldn't hear, uh, I'm sure, the, the interview that we were just doing as we were getting ready to call you. Uh, but uh, fascinating, and you write about this in, in your article, uh, fascinating the comparisons between what Governor Blagojevich went through and what we are watching play out with General Flynn right now. Yes, very. Um, and it, one, one of the things, and I wrote, uh, there's, there's a separate article about this. Um, I, I'm sure you are aware that um, former President Barack Obama has criticized the whole Flynn case saying, that there's no precedent for letting someone out who's committed perjury and letting them get off scot-free. It was a recorded phone call and and went crazy because here's Barack Obama talking about how this endangers the justice system. And, and, and of course, Democrats are eating that up. Um, The problem is that Flynn wasn't actually charged with perjury, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, there is precedent, and Barack Obama's own attorney general, Eric Holder, used it. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, Senator Ted Stevens back, um, this would have been, oh, this was a while ago, um, 2009. It was right after Obama took office. Um, Senator Ted Stevens lost an election after there were some uh, campaign donation, campaign finance kind of violations. But what happened was he went to court and he ended up, I think, pleading guilty and The case was later thrown out. Eric Holder requested that it be thrown out, and he cited prosecutorial misconduct, which is exactly what's happening with Flynn here. Not only that, but he argued it in front of the same judge, Emmett Sullivan, who's handling the Flynn case. So this has happened before. It's happened before this judge, and now this judge has tapped a Clinton appointee to not only rebut the DOJ's case, for prosecutorial uh, misconduct, but see if they can charge Flynn for perjury because he lied to the judge when he said he was taking a plea and now he doesn't want and he wants to withdraw the plea. Hmm. Go ahead, Chris. So it, it's a hot mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jane, the Democrats are already trying to say Obamagate is just a uh, deflection uh, from uh, the president's terrible handling, quote unquote, of the coronavirus. Give folks the elevator speech of why this is uh, a real scandal. Hmm. Um, well, for, for one, I mean, they, they've talked a few times. You'll hear them say, well, people get masked, unmasked all the time. That's true. They get, get unmasked by people within the intel community who need to know who's saying what. Okay. Usually we are talking about foreign actors. Unmasking Americans is a problem. That's that's number one. Problem number two is that it's usually the intel community who's doing it. Why is Joe Biden's name on that list? Mm. Why are people outside the the intel? The UN community, ambassador. That's what was crazy. Why is the UN ambassador asking for Flynn to be unmasked? Sure. 
Well, no. Here's here's the thing, though. Was that when she was still an ambassador, or was she was she national security advisor by then? Because if she was NSA, then it makes sense. Okay, yeah, I, I thought she was. I the can't US remember ambassador. when that because I know she moved from one position to the other, and I can't remember what the date was on that. But she mm-hmm. may have been the national security advisor at the time she asked that question. In which case, I don't have a problem with Susan Rice being on there. Because I have a problem with her lying mm-hmm. about doing it because she lied under oath. I believe that she did it. But mm. but as far as her, you know, in the position as a national security advisor, that makes sense for her. To no, no, I meant the, the 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 woman with the red hair, the last U.N. ambassador. She's she was Ooh. asked asked uh, for Flynn to be unmasked. Why is she asking? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, sorry, I thought you were talking about right. No, no, no. Hey, Virginia, we don't have a lot of time, so I wanted to uh, also get your thoughts on this. Something we talked about with uh, Governor Blagojevich. He was very critical about J.B. Pritzker in many areas, but I I asked him specifically about the situation in Madison County. And, of course, you know, as we mentioned, you you write for The Daily Caller, but you're also part of the Cruda family. Uh, Of course, Cruda Bakery has been in uh, Illinois for over 100 years. And yep. so one of these small businesses that has been greatly affected by the pandemic and in Madison County, of course, they just voted overwhelmingly to say we want to uh, control our own reopening and we want to govern yep. ourselves and not and not have to go by what the uh, governor says. And there has been threats levied against Madison County by the governor, like pulling yep. business license and things like that. Somebody who lives oh, that every day. I'd just like to get your your thoughts on yes. the situation in Madison County. Now, in in addition, Pritzker has also threatened to um, send pol- um, local and state police into Madison County to enforce the lockdown. Yep, yep. that's right. So, you know, in case you were wondering whether the brown shirts were coming, um, <laughs> they're being trained in Illinois. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just give you that. No, yeah, um, no, he but, said yeah. local law enforcement and Illinois state police can yes. and will take action. He said that yeah. businesses and individual uh, professionals that are licensed by state agencies will be held accountable. And when he, when a reporter asked him if that was only making the problem worse by threatening business licenses, he basically said uh, they're the ones breaking the rules, so they got to pay the price. That to me is not yeah. is not governing. That's not leadership. No, no, it's not, and it's not like the state police have anything else to do. <laughs> right? Know, exactly. Illinois, Great point. So. Yeah, and the thing is, if you look at what the what the what Madison County did, they had a very very solid plan. They went to small businesses. They asked, "What is your one page? This is what I will do to safely reopen." And businesses had to turn that in. Mm-hmm. They were talking about reopening places like restaurants and gyms at twenty five percent capacity with increased cleaning and and. Uh, you know, sanitization, uh, sanitizing yeah. protocols. They were being very safe about it. They were being very smart about it. And they also said, look, just because the county is allowing you to open under these conditions doesn't mean that you have to. If you don't feel safe or if you are if you don't feel safe patronizing these businesses, you can you're free to shelter in place as long as you want to, as long as you can afford to. But please do not make me pay the price for your fear. That is our friend. Yeah, that is our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller. Virginia, if people want to read your columns, follow you on social media, all that good stuff, how can they do so? 
Um, okay, dailycaller.com is a great place to pick up uh, my latest article along with everybody else's. We've mm-hmm. got some great reporters doing good work, especially on the Flynn case. Check out Chuck Ross at Chuck Ross DC if you want to see some of that stuff. Um, and you can follow me at VA Cruda. And uh, that's pretty much it. Very good. Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller. Thanks so much. We will talk to you again soon, my friend. Great. Thank you. All right. We have got to take a break. That wraps up hour number one, but we have an entire second hour. We're going to start with uh, talking to the mayor of Florissant. Of course, Florissant is the biggest city in St. Louis County, and the county and the city are starting their reopening process on Monday. So Mayor Tim Lowry is going to be able to give us some insight and info and details about what we can expect as the city and county start to reopen on Monday. So definitely keep it here for that. An entire second hour of the Weekend Report, including a brand new Weird News Challenge with Skip Weber. Coming up, don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. It is our number two of the Weekend Report on your radio, and we appreciate you listening to it. Had a very busy first hour there talking to... The former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich, also our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller. That discussion with the former governor went extremely long. I'm glad we left him that extra time uh, because he used every bit of it. And if you missed any of that discussion uh, with the former governor of Illinois, I would highly recommend you either take advantage of the Radio Rewind if you're listening on the Radio.com app or, even better, download our podcast We put it out every week, of course, in many places, including that Radio.com app. That, I think, is the best place to get the podcast. It's the best place to keep up with everything here at the radio station because you download the Radio.com app. It's free. Your favorite 97.1 FM talk, and then you have access to everything. You can stream the station 24-7. You can rewind live radio with the Radio Rewind feature, and you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station right there on the podcast. And... Listen, Chris, we got great answers from Governor Blagojevich about uh, his time in prison. We heard some really uh, interesting stories about his time in prison. He gave us some great insight about the way the FBI operates and talked about the similarities between what he went through and what General Flynn is going through. He talked about what's happening with Madison County and made some and was very critical of Governor J.B. Pritzker. So there was a lot of uh, of, of news and, and opinion that uh, the governor gave us in that interview. But I think 
the takeaway will always be that you, you, my friend, you, my friend, got the most uh, exclusive piece of information ever from Governor Blagojevich when he told you the exact color of hair dye that he used on his hair for all those years. That brown sable number 47 D as in dog. (laughs) There's going to be a run. (laughs) There's going to be a run on it. You know, like the run on hamburger, the run on toilet paper. Now everybody's going to make a run on brown sable 47 D. So they have that Rod Blagojevich color. Yeah, the three hardest things to get at Walgreens will be toilet paper, um, hand sanitizer, and, and brown sable 47D. <laughs> Just forget about it. Exactly right. So if you missed any of that first hour, go back and check it out on that podcast. Got a great second hour starting off for you right now. Uh, in just a minute, coming up in the next segment, we'll, of course, have our friend Skip Weber on for the Weird News Challenge. And we start this hour with the mayor of Florissant, my and Chris's hometown, the biggest city in St. Louis County, and there is a lot of news happening this week in St. Louis City and St. Louis County. So uh, once again, very happy to talk to our friend, the mayor of Florissant, Mayor Tim Lowry. Uh, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for your time, sir. How's it going? Everything's going really well. You know, we're getting kind of excited that things are going to start opening up. And before Chris asks, I do not dye my hair. I'm just all natural. <laughs> well, Star. if you do, if, Mr. Mayor, if you ever decide that you're going to start dyeing your hair, Brown Sable 47D appear, is apparently a really good one to go with. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, I think I might go get some. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, so yeah, it's been uh, one of the biggest news stories of the week, something we, we talked about a little bit earlier in the show. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you were able to take some time to talk to us today to kind of explain the details of this. Of course, the state of Missouri, Governor Parson, uh, started the the state's reopening phase at the beginning of the month. But St. Louis City and St. Louis County have held off until now May 18th, which is just in a couple days on Monday. And that is when the city and the county are going to begin their reopening phase. Uh, can you just sort of explain to our listeners what that is going to look like? Is it just like back? To normal the way it was before coronavirus, um, or is this a, a phased-in process where it's going to kind of be a gradual thing? What's it going to look like on Monday, sir? Yeah, yeah it's definitely going to be a phased-in process. I mean, I think it's going to be a very slow process. You know, uh, Sam Page uh, made it, made the decision that uh, he felt like you know, the fact is, is that St. Louis County, St. Louis City had the most cases in the state, and he felt like holding off was the best thing to do. Um, you know, of course, the, you know, the negative, of course, is that uh, – while we're holding off, I mean, it is uh, having a lot of serious damage to our economy. So I'm glad to see that we're at least going to start opening up on Monday. But keep in mind, it's going to be a very slow opening. I mean, you're going to see that the, the uh, restaurants are going to start opening at least 25% capacity there. Um, social distancing of six feet is going to be uh, still recognized. So you're going to walk in and it's going to be, you know, about 25% of the restaurants are going to be full. You're going to see tables spread out. Um, if anybody's been over to St. Charles, I think you get a little bit of an idea of how it's going to look. It's going to be very similar here. Um, I think that people are happy that nail salons, uh, the beauty parlors are going to start opening. I think you're going to see that uh, you're going to make appointments. You're going to wait in your car until you're called. Uh, same way with, uh, I'm sure, a lot of the restaurants. I mean, if there's going to be a waiting list, you're probably going to be waiting in your car until your until your number's called, and then uh, you'll, you'll get your table. But uh, I think uh, it, it's wise to go slow. At this point, hopefully we do not see an increase in cases because the one thing we really don't want to see is a closing of our economy and a closing of everything again. 
So I think going slow is probably the best way to do it. Um, personally, I wish we would have started a couple weeks ago, but that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, things like uh, the gyms and that are not going to be open. Um, and so that's going to be the, probably the next phase. And as far as the city of Florissant is concerned, I mean, we're going to we're going to we're going to do a slow opening. Also, I mean, I've got a lot of employees that are only working 24-hour work weeks right now, so I've got to be able to start bringing my employees back to work at some point. But right now, our two rec centers are going to be closed. We're not going to open up our swimming pool, as I mentioned before, at Banger Park this year. Um, City Hall is going to kind of it's going to be a slow opening there, where you know we're going to we're going to have. Uh, if you, if you need a permit or something, you're going to come to our back door, and that process is going to ma- remain in effect right now until um, we we, get, we uh, can open up fully. I was down at the golf course yesterday. I want to start seeing us open up our, uh, our pro shop and our restaurant there, our snack bar, so things like that. We're going to start opening up. But I think everybody just has to be patient and just understand that it's a, it's just be happy that we're starting to open up because, like I said, we don't want to see more cases and we certainly don't want to close it again. So just be patient and uh, this will be a it's going to be a slow process, but I think it, it's for the best at this point. Mr. Mayor, what's your opinion on stores that uh, require shoppers to have a mask on in order to enter the store? We've seen a couple of instances around the country where uh, shoppers have gotten violent with 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 uh, store clerks you know when they told them that they had the mask had to have a mask on i think we had here in in st louis where a security guard was was uh murdered because he asked a patron to wear a mask what's your what's your opinion that's on a little it? bit of a extreme measure there sorry yeah go ahead mr mayor yeah there's been there's been some extremes i think i think there was a uh a park ranger got uh, thrown in the lake over that uh, yeah, yeah. you know so as myself and the chief have talked about i mean we're not going to put our police officers in that position. Um, we feel it's a personal decision whether or not you want to wear that mask. And I know that there's going to be stores that are going to require it or they're going to uh, turn you away, which, by the way, they have every, every right to do that. Uh, but certainly we've not instructed any of our personnel to get in a confrontation with someone over not wearing a mask or whether they want to wear a mask. Um, so I, I just it's, it's just a, such a touchy subject right now with people. So we are not going to um, – we we may ask you to do it, but we're not going to get in a confrontation with you about it. And it's a personal decision, and it's certainly a personal decision of any of these stores or restaurants that that, sh- that want you to do that. And certainly you got to abide by their rules, or you're not going to be allowed into the premise. But it's up to them to enforce that. Talking to the mayor of Florissant, the biggest city in St. Louis County, Tim Lowry, about the reopening process that the county is going to start on Monday, as well as the city uh, starting on Monday. Uh, Mr. Mayor, you just mentioned gyms and the rec center are some of the businesses, the types of businesses that are not going to be a part of phase one. Um, what are there any other businesses, types of businesses that are not opening up on Monday and have to wait for probably the next phase? And uh, if you could tell us what those types of businesses are and also uh, when is the next phase, do you think, um, going to happen? So the, uh, the next phase, um, you know, keeping in mind that uh, this, is, uh, this is not my order. This is Sam Page's order. Sure. And sure. so he will make that decision when the next phase will be. I've not seen anything. I would anticipate a few weeks. Um, and right now, I really do think the gyms are one of the biggest things that aren't opening. Mm-hmm. And now there is an interesting thing occurring today, keeping in mind, is that 
Um, one of the gyms in, I think, Maryland Heights and Chesterfield has challenged that ruling, and I believe that that's in court today. Yeah, yeah. So that's so if the court ruling goes in favor of the gym, then I think you're going to see all the gyms open. And, you know, right before this all closed, um, I went to my personal gym and I was working out, and they did keep social distancing, and they, they, they had signs on uh, different machines that you couldn't work out next to somebody. Um, so I think there is a way to social distance in there. My, in my opinion, yeah, and uh, I think there's, I think that it is important for people to be healthy, especially during this. And so I know a lot of people really do want to use our, get back in their gym and start working out. And that is one thing that we learned from the beginning of this whole thing is that people that are healthy should not be, shouldn't have negative effects of this uh, virus. So I personally think it's important to get people back work, uh, working out. I mean, I can tell you as you guys probably see in your neighborhoods. People are out walking all the time. People want to get out. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so I, I hope that I hope that we start seeing those facilities open soon. You know, I wanted to just follow up with you on that, on that point about the gyms that you made. And I know that uh, these are not your personal decisions, but I know that you are in constant contact with uh, Mr. Page and probably have at least a little bit of insight on his decision-making process. And one of the big... You know, no matter what side of the uh, you know argument you 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 fall on, one of the big arguments that that gym in Maryland Heights and uh, Chesterfield is making is that the vape shop across the street is open, but the gym isn't open. And on Monday, as you mentioned, barber shops and beauty shops and salons are going to be open, but not a gym. It just seems it, it just seems kind of weird and random. Do you do you have any uh, insight on? on Sam Page's decision-making process on why certain businesses uh, are being allowed to open back up on Monday and why others aren't. And he certainly, you know, being, being a doctor, I mean, he certainly looks at the um, the medical and keep in mind, I, I can't speak a hundred percent for him, Sure, but we have had a lot of conversations and I know that when our, when most of our conversations that we have, we talk a lot about uh, the health reasons for not doing certain things. Um, and I, and I really do believe it's just that his, during conversations is that he just believes that people will be too close. It'll be hard to social distance uh, people inside of a gym. People will be sweating a lot, uh, and he's just afraid of the uh, transmission through uh, the sweat, the um, the closeness that you're going to be. And uh, honestly, it, it, a lot of this, in my in my opinion, falls on us individually. I think we've all heard what we need to do and why it's important for us to social distance, to keep ourselves six feet apart. And, uh, I mean, we, we just have to remember that. And I think it's us as adults that we have to really understand that it is important. And I think his belief for this is, is that people won't be able to do it in a facility like that. I mean, and like you said, it, you can debate it both ways. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I understand his position. I've understood his positions all the time. May not have agreed with his positions, but I certainly understand his yeah. position. Got a couple minutes left with the mayor of Flores and Tim Lowry. Go ahead, Chris. Mr. Mayor, I can remember about 46 years ago when we were driving to Florissant to uh, watch our new house being built. And we the, the weekend that we went was the Valley of Flowers Parade. Mm. And we got caught into that and we had no idea anything like that was going on. And 46 years later, you know, Valley, Valley of Flowers, the parade, the, the amusement park thing that they have during the weekend is something that Florissant residents look forward to. I know we're flattening the curve and things seem to be getting a little better. Is Valley of Flowers definitely put off this year? Maybe no, something it's, that uh, postponed. postponned to August? Yeah, so it's postponed, and we're looking at some dates in August. Um, mm. Because as you guys, as you just mentioned, I mean, that is a 
I mean, that's the centerpiece of our city here is that, is that event that weekend. And so we definitely know the importance of having that event. So we are certainly uh, looking at other dates to move that to. Um, obviously, some things would change. Um, we're still going to have the parade. We'll still have the things at the Knights and maybe not as much stuff at the Egan Center. But uh, we are definitely still want to do that, uh, have that weekend, because that is important to really the city of Florissant and our heritage here. And so yeah. people look forward to that event every year. So I promise you, we are we're looking at alternate dates right now. Um, and of course, I Mrs. Lowry, she's in charge of the committee. So <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, she event. is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she does a a great job. I've been uh, a part of the inner workings of that uh, of that whole of that whole process a couple times. And uh, your wife does an amazing job. She should get lots of credit for that. Uh, talking to Tim Lowry, the mayor of Florissant. We only have about a minute left here, Mr. Mayor. Before I let you go, um, another question on a lot of people's minds is of course schools i have a a junior in high school whose whose mantra through this whole thing has been well you know as as much as this has uh, uh affected her and and you know she thinks it stinks she, you know her whole mantra has been at least this didn't happen in my senior year and i'm not gonna miss my senior prom and my graduation and my senior year on the orchestra and all that but now there's stories that are popping up across the country about uh, the idea of maybe not going back to school even next school year, this coming fall. Have you guys had a discussion that far out? Have you guys had that discussion about whether or not schools will be able to start in the fall? So I've not been personally involved in any of those conversations. I've, 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 heard, I've heard about it on the news, read it in the paper, and uh, I, I just think we're way out, we're going way too far in advance mm-hmm. of looking at those dates. I just would hate to believe that we're going to miss another school year. And boy, I'll tell you what, I, I feel agree. sorry for those seniors. I missed all those those events that were too. so important to their for their school life. But I, I think we're, we're I think we're just way too looking at too far ahead um, at that at this point. I yeah. think we need to see what happens, especially as we're leveling that curve. But yeah, I think we're we're thinking way too far ahead, in my opinion. Mr. Mayor, is there a place that people can go? The residents of Florissant or the residents of St. Louis County, is there a place that they can go and see the details of Phase One reopening that starts on Monday, so they have a complete understanding of what businesses are open and what's not open, and you know what's allowed and what's not, that sort of stuff. Sure, go to uh, www.stlcorona.com, mm. and you should you should be able to get all of the details on everything that's opening and. Uh, the uh, guidelines and everything if you go to that website. Mayor Tim Lowry from Florissant, always great information, great conversation, sir. Thanks for your time, and uh, stay healthy and safe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Got to take another quick break. When we get back, we'll get Skip Weber on the line, and we will play a brand-new edition of the Weird News Challenge. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk.
Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. A big show today, packed show, uh, and it continues. Now we've talked to the former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich, Virginia Cruda from the Daily Caller, just wrapped up a discussion with the mayor of Florissant, Tim Lowry, and uh, the hits keep on coming as uh, <laughs> our next guest. Uh, there is literally uh, no one bigger. Then Skip Weber from Weber Chevrolet. Uh, <laughs> Skip, my friend, great to talk to you. How's it going? Going well, man. Going well. Show. Yeah, it's been a it's been a uh, it's been a packed show. Uh, anybody who missed our discussion with the former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich, in the first hour, um, we we actually cut the first segment of the very first segment of the show. We cut early. Uh, to give him a little bit of extra time, and thank goodness we did, because uh, we, what was supposed to be about a 12 to 13 minute interview went over 20 minutes with the former governor, and we got some great uh, insight and information from him. Uh, he had a lot to say about uh, Michael Flynn's situation, his time, his own experience in prison, and of course, the biggest news that we broke uh, Chris Arps asked him about uh, what hair dye he used when he was governor, and Mr. Boglojevich answered the question. He didn't hang up on us, which is what I was shocked. I was like, (laughs) waiting for a dial tone. He did not. First time ever on the show, and Chris is asking him about coloring his hair, and, and he played right along, and in fact, as I mentioned earlier, of all the great information that uh, Governor Blagojevich gave us, the insight about uh, the FBI and and the way that his case was similar to what Michael Flynn is going through and the things he said about J.B. Pritzker and what's happening in Illinois right now and some of the stories he told about being in prison, the number one thing that we learned was what, Chris? Uh, The former governor uses brown sable Number 47D. D is in dog. <laughs> Brown Sable 47D was the color that he used to color his hair. I love it. Wow. It's, yeah, uh, funny, funny stuff. So if you missed any of this uh, show, in, in the last segment, i got to say big thank you to uh, the mayor of Flores and Tim Lowry for his time uh, explaining the reopening process that starts on Monday in St. Louis County and city. So great information about how this phased reopening for the county and city is going to go down. Um, if you missed any of that, download our podcast. Radio.com app is probably the best place to do so. You can get our podcast in many places, but the Radio.com app is free. You favorite the radio station, then you got everything. You can stream the station, you can rewind live radio, and you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station. So now... We need to get into the weird news challenge uh, as the uh, speaking of of uh, of controversy and uh, making uh, waves. I don't know if you guys know this, but for uh, several hours after last week's show, hashtag QMD steel was trending number one worldwide after Skip Weber. After Skip Weber stole the Weird News Challenge from Chris Arps, who had been dominating throughout the entire game, uh, Skip Weber answered the QMD and stole the game at the end. And boy, oh, now, wait a minute. Two yes. things. It's not a steal. I got two, I got two things. First yes, thing. Sir. Yes. 
he won by one question. He didn't dominate <laughs> the whole game. Okay, that was no. It was a it was a one run game, and you know, and, and he scored some. Uh, he scored three runs in the top of the twelfth to take the lead, and the, the QMD was a grand slam in the bottom. That's all that was. I think I think Skip getting that QMD was a fourth strike. Because he took because he took three minutes to answer it. Oh yeah, he's yeah. yeah Chris is not That's under let, protest. Yeah, Chris. I talked it. I talked it this through, go. man. I talked it through. I for, here. Look, it's obvious the answer is not going to be the smallest state. So I talked <laughs> right. it through. Is it, should I say Hawaii? No, I don't think it'll be Hawaii. So I went with the second smallest state. That's all it was. Talking it through. It did not take three minutes. Mm-hmm. Forty seconds at the most. I'm a well, sore, <laughs> 40 seconds. I'm a sore I, loser. Yeah, I'm not sure we want Frank to go and check the actual time on that because yeah. uh, Chris yeah. might be closer than uh, Yeah, I think than you 40 minutes now. is a little, uh, hashtag, little light. Hashtag QMD, little light. hashtag QMD steal, though. Trended worldwide at number here's, one here's, for several hours. Here's, Isn't that amazing? I, as, as the accused, I will, I will request the, the <laughs> review of the tape. Well, Chris, Chris has asked that there be – you didn't do anything wrong. No rules were broken in last week's game. It was a completely well, legal he's trying to throw victory. an asterisk. He is. <laughs> Chris is trying to throw an asterisk. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put a I'm going to put a 30-second time limit on the QMD answer. When you buzz I think in, it should be a 15 you have second. 30 seconds to answer the question. So that will be the new no, rule. Chris, the QMD has got to be 30 seconds. It's 30 seconds. All to, right, all right, all right. Also, it's also complicated. you got to talk it out like that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you don't want to buzz in early. That's so the thing it also builds up drama, yeah, that's which true. is nice. Yeah, he was building drama, He was Chris. building drama yeah. and, and, and yeah, keeping exactly. listeners tuned in. He's got those radio instincts. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> so this is going to be episode 79 of the Weird News Challenge. It is a traditional game where we ask questions about recent news stories that are a little bit uh, off the beaten path. And uh, we have uh, five questions today. And we're going to get back to it's been a while since we've had a game where there was a big old honking multiple point question at the end of the regular game. So today, question number well f- with those. question number five has ten possible points. Oh my so goodness. this game is never over. We have a tiebreaker if we need it, and of course, at the very end, the QMD, the question of mass destruction, which has been the source of such controversy here uh, <laughs> over the week. Uh, the question Worldwide. of mass destruction is an automatic victory. If you could get the QMD at the very end of the game, no matter what the score is, no matter who has won the game at that point, you can steal a victory by answering the question of mass destruction, which is exactly what Skip Weber did to Chris Arps last week. Katie Fitzpatrick rule is not in effect, which means you can buzz in anytime. If you get the answer right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, you don't lose anything because we encourage participation here on the Weird News Challenge. And again, Question number five is going to have ten possible points. So if you buzz in and you get a few and then you get one wrong, another person can buzz in and get more points. And then at the end of that, if there's still any left, the third person can still collect points if there are any left. So uh, it's going to be a very exciting Weird News Challenge, Episode 79. Skip Weber, Chris Arps, and producer Frank Ladd are playing. Before we start, test the buzzers. Chris Arps. Skip Weber. Frank. Frank. There it is. All right, here we go. We can report Weird News Challenge episode 79. Question number one. There's a new type of swimwear being marketed going into this summer called a trikini. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, sir. Skip Weber. The trikini covers your lower part, your 
your breasts and your face to that get COVID. Is correct. <laughs> the question was going to be, what does a trikini look like? It is a bikini with a matching mask. So yes, it is a three-piece bikini with the third piece being the mask. Uh, that is correct. Skip Weber is out to a one-point lead. He's been studying this week. Yeah. <laughs> question number two. Hey, listen, Chris. Yes. Go ahead, Skip. Lingerie, lingerie questions I can handle. <laughs> yeah. news, questions, like, news questions I can't. I'm just browsing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, question number two. Like trikini, there are a lot of new words and terms we've been introduced to during the pandemic. Another new word that is now being used by dermatologists is maskne. What is maskne? <laughs> Chris Arps. Uh, acne from wearing a facial mask. That is exactly right. It is acne caused uh, by wearing a mask. That is. That was an easy one. Thank you, Tony. Knee. No problem. <laughs> sometimes they're easy. Sometimes they're not. That's what it's all about. <clears throat> it is uh, one to one. Uh, Chris has a point. Skip has a point. Frank is just uh, laying in wait, uh, ready to pounce. Question number three: Heinz ketchup just created a new 570 piece puzzle to help people stay busy through the pandemic. What does the completed puzzle look like? Chris Arps. Uh, the Heinz label? That is incorrect. Ding, 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 ding. Skip Weber. I'm going to say a tomato. That is incorrect as well. I'll read the question for you one more time, Frank, so you can mm-hmm. take a shot at it if you like. Heinz Ketchup just created a new 570-piece puzzle. Get it? 57, Heinz 57, 570 pieces. <laughs> sure. Yeah. To help people stay busy right now, what does the completed puzzle look like? Is it a family portrait of the Heinz family? <laughs> it is simply a red square. Every piece well, that's is the a exact of a tomato. same color. <laughs> the close of a tomato. Wow. <laughs> it's just a red square. There's wow. Nothing. So that makes it really yeah. stupid. There's no, Yeah, there's nothing else. <laughs> it's just a red square. Boy, the marketing <laughs> department's really on it, ain't it? Right, they? yeah. Question number four. We should have more videos. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Question number four is a two-point question. Ooh. So this is a two-point question followed by a ten-point question to in the game. Two points on the line here. Question number four. A bizarre Twitter feud broke out this week. Frank. Yes. <laughs> Frank's already in. Axel Rose. Incorrect. Skip, you still buzzing in here? Are you want, no, I'll, he I'll, buzzed in. No, no, he buzzed no, in. No, that's not how it works. You, you no, got it, and now no, he... Man. Yeah. A bizarre Keep Twitter going. feud broke out this week between a billionaire car manufacturer and a Jeopardy champion. Ah, For one point... Yes, yeah, Skip Weber. Elon Musk and oh. Ken Jennings. That is correct. Both points are correct. I went with the, with the, um, with the more obvious one. Yes, Elon Musk and Ken Jennings got into a little feud on Twitter. It's pretty ridiculous. Look it up if you'd like. But that gives two points to Skip Weber as we go into question number five. Ten How points many points on the do line. I have, Tony? You have one point. Frank okay. has no points. Skip Weber has three points. And question number five has ten points on the line. However... This is not a very gettable 10 points. This is a very difficult question. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, I've heard I, that before. I'll, I'll be shocked if you guys are able to clean this up. Uh, like I said, it's been a while since we had a big multiple point question, so here we go. Uh, this question, FYI, a little hint here, this question deals with music albums. The oldest album on the list, just again for a hint, the oldest album on the list was released in 1967. The newest album on the list was released in the year 2000. So the newest album is still 20 years old. 
Just keep that in mind as you think about it. Can we that. just anoint Skip as the winner now and no, just get it over there's and still the, time? There's still the QMD. Oh, Here we okay. go. So just keep that in mind. Uh, uh, 1967 <laughs> to 2000. That's the that's the time frame you're working with here. The web the music website Loudwire just released its list of the top quote legendary rock albums with no weak songs. For one point, list every album in the top ten. Ding, 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 ding. Go ahead, Skip Weber. I'm gonna try. The thing that I would say would be most effective, uh, most likely, would be Fleetwood Mac Rumors. That is number eight on the list, and a point for you, sir. Okay, let's go with Abbey Road. Mm, no, Abbey Road is not on the list. So Skip has four points, Chris has one point, Frank has no points. There's a lot of points here if you guys want to take a shot at it. Go ahead, Chris Arps. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band? Mm-mm, that is what? not... What? No, I am that sorry. Was jet- oh, you kidding. I'm sorry. There is... They must, be saying, they must be saying that those albums each have a weak song or two on They must. Point. Yep, yeah. that's exactly that's right. Uh, Frank, you want to try? Van Halen 1. No. I was going to say that, Frank. No, that is I really also... Don't. I told you it was tough. I okay. told you these were... Tony, can I make a couple of guesses? That sure. Don't yeah, and I'll read off the list count, here. Yeah. I'll read off Led the list Zeppelin here in a second. Four. Uh, nope. Thriller? Nope. Rock albums. You got to have some okay. Led Zeppelin on there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Appetite for Destruction? Appetite for Destruction Appetite. is on the list. Yes. Was number nine. Um, um, who's next? Uh, no. The Beatles album that is on here was Magical Mystery Tour. That's ter- that's not even close to the. So here's so here's what right. here was the top ten. Number one, ACDC, Highway to Hell. Number two, Alice in Chains, Dirt. Number two, I don't know about that. Well, Number three, The Beatles, Magical Mystery Tour. Number four, David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. Number five, Deep Purple in Rock. Number six, Deftones, White Pony. Number seven, The Doors, The Doors. Number nine or number eight, Fleetwood Mac, as, as Skip mentioned. Number nine, Guns N' Roses, as Skip mentioned. And number ten, G- the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Ooh. Are you experienced? All right, here we go. We don't need the tiebreaker, uh, so just very quickly, uh, just for the fun of it. Uh, according to a new survey, what percentage of single people, single people, say they are ready to stop doing virtual dates and start going on regular old in-person dates again? Uh, Skip, what do you think? How, what percentage of single people are ready to get back to regular dating? 86. Okay. Frank? 65. Okay. Chris? 90. Uh, 80% Skip would have won. Here's the QMD. Okay. The only chance that uh, uh, <laughs> Frank and Chris have to beat Skip Weber today. Uh, and Skip Weber is actually uh, it written in the question here. It says, oh. here's the QMD. Question of mass destruction for an automatic win. Skip Weber is easily in this group, but how small of a group is it? What percentage of men in the United States are over six feet tall? Frank. Yes. 23. Not correct. We got to get an exact percentage. You got to get the exact percentage. The QMD is not an easy thing. Chris, you go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'll just take a shot at it. Mm -hmm. I will say 40. 7%. 7%. That is incorrect. Chris, one chance here to beat him. Steal the game on the you QMD. Have one in ni- you have a 1 in 98% chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
38. 38%. 15% of men in the United States are over six feet tall. Skip Weber has once again won the Weird News Challenge. It is his 29th victory. Skip, we've gone extremely long. So real quick, what's happening at Weber Chevrolet and what's happening with the Saturday Evening Rock Show? Well, I don't want to stretch it out too much, so I'll just say this. We're open. We are social distancing. We are encouraging appointments but not requiring them because they're not required anymore. So you don't have to uh, worry too much about it. But we are still encouraging appointments, so it helps with our social distancing. Everything's clean. We're having a lot of success. People are giving us thumbs up on our reviews for how good our um, uh, COVID response is and how good our COVID compliance is. Uh, and, and the good thing about it from Detroit is everything is included in the incentives now. We have really good pricing on everything, and we've taken it to the next level at our stores and, and added things to Detroit, plus included pre-owned in it. It's really, really a good time to uh, have some very good value in purchases, and you still can defer your first payment uh, up to three or four months. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. It's very, very good for your budget to do that uh, because you, you have no real penalty to do that. Mm-hmm. And tonight, so, we're, uh, uh, Saturday evening rock show? Uh, I'm really, really excited about it. Three new artists. Still nice. a year in. We're still playing artists we've never played before. And all three of these are really popular artists. It's just that we just don't get to them. Um, however, this is by far the hardest thing to ever guess. I, 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 no one will guess the theme. That sounds like it's, a challenge. A fun, fun, fun show. And I tell you what the theme is after the first two songs. Right. But it's a really fun show. Uh, one of the most fun I've had yet putting it together because the theme is so is so fun. It's just wow. an abstract. It's a concept versus a category. I love it. I love it. Get, Definitely. Get don't really miss it. Fun. Yeah, don't miss it. It is the uh, number one music show on a talk station in the world. It's every Saturday night, uh, just a couple hours after this show ends, 9 to 11, the Saturday Evening Rock Show starring Skip Weber. Uh, Of course, you can follow the Saturday Evening Rock Show on Facebook to be a part of that very cool, growing community. And for everything happening at Weber Chevrolet, WeberChevrolet.com. Skip, congratulations, two in a row. We'll see you next week uh, for another Weird News Challenge. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Skip. Appreciate it. All, All right. right. We got to take a break, but we've got more weekend report coming up. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. You were a player from the start. If you lose you lose FM Talk, another exciting edition of the Weird News Challenge just wrapped up. Skip Weber appears to be on a little bit of a winning streak. 
one more segment to go here in what has been a packed show. If you missed anything today, make sure you download our podcast. You can get it in many, many places. Uh, but I think the best place to get it is the radio.com app, which is free to download. All you have to do is favorite 97.1 FM talk when you get the app, and then you have access to everything. You can stream the station 24-7. You can rewind live radio with the Radio Rewind feature, and you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station. And you can go back and check out all of the great discussions we had today with the mayor of Florissant. Tim Lowry joined us to talk about the reopening process that is starting in St. Louis City and County on Monday. We also, of course, like I mentioned, just wrapped up another edition of the Weird News Challenge with Skip Weber. We talked to our friend Virginia Cruda from the Daily Caller last hour and had a very long uh, fantastic discussion with the former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich, in the first hour. An interview that we thought would go maybe 12 or 13 minutes ended up going over 20 minutes. And uh, you can hear it all on the podcast if you missed any of it. He gave us some great stories about his experience in prison, some <laughs> insight on his uh, the situation that is happening with Michael Flynn and the similarities that uh, what Michael Flynn's story is with his own story, his own experience, and uh, chimed in on a lot of what is happening in uh, the former state that he go- or the, the the state that he formerly governed, Illinois. Very critical of uh, the current governor, J.B. Pritzker, on some issues. So go and check that out. Uh, Chris, it been a been a packed show. I haven't had a chance to get to a, a lot of the other headlines of the day. Uh, but there is one that I wanted to touch on here at the very end. And, Frank, I want to get your thoughts on this, too, being a big sports fan. Uh, we talk about the reopening process and uh, how that is starting to happen across the country. And sports are now starting to talk about their what they're they're going to do and major league baseball revealed the plan that they are working on um an 80 game season starting around the 4th of July with three divisions that are all geographically uh positioned you only play teams in your division all the games have a designated hitter they won't uh be played in front of a crowd but they will be played in their home cities uh as a big fan as a big uh baseball fan frank what do you think about that idea of of starting things back up in, in that fashion. Where does the umpire stand? I don't know. Is you know he what? leaning over That's the catcher? Is he two feet from, from the batter? That's a good question. I, I, I looked at a lot. There's a lot of details laid out, right. about, but I didn't see anything about the umpire that I remember, at least. And what happens when the... When the first bat boy for the Chicago White Sox tests positive. <laughs> Maybe there's no bat boys. <laughs> well, right. But anybody as part of eat any of these organizations, is that yeah. team out for, for two weeks? Or are know. they? Are, do they get to bring in a whole new roster? Right. Do, Does it do, stop everything? What, what Exactly. So I think there are a lot of little details that they have to work out because you've seen quite a few responses from current Major League Baseball players mm-hmm. who've said, they're not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. The, or the league's not ready for this. Yeah. I'm not ready for this. I don't want to risk the health of my family. Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you think? It, it, is the appetite for sports in America so much that we should be trying to get that started back up, or is it too soon? Tony, my wife ridiculed me and put a post on Facebook about me last week, <laughs> which where I was watching the 74 PGA Championship. We watched a Chiefs game from last year. I watched the Blues hockey game. And I think I watch an old World Series game all in about half hour to 45 minutes. So I want sports. I think what I was experiencing last week is what a lot of Americans are, are, are experiencing. Look, 
let's get the games going and we'll figure out all the details later. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes because you know that these sports leagues are big businesses and they're losing a bunch of money and they want that money. Uh, but there's also a lot of safety aspects that need to be addressed Just as what well. What do you prioritize? I'm yeah. watching you wearing a nice, a nice rock T-shirt right now. Go watch some old concerts. Go for a walk <laughs> in the park. There's a lot of things out there that we can do that don't potentially put somebody else in danger. I'll tell you one thing that does not work is I watched professional wrestling without a crowd. Oh, dude. Dude, they, it, made, it, was, it seemed even more fake. Listen, professional wrestling has, sports. they have been continuing to go forward through this process, and they do. They are doing these, they're doing Terrible. their live events in front of empty stadiums. It is not a fun thing to watch. I no, wonder if it'll affect uh, train regular sports that much If when we see it. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, but we got to wrap up this show. Again, if you missed anything, download the podcast on the Radio.com app. And for my partner, Chris Arps, our producer, Frank Ladd, I am Tony Colombo. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Weekend Report. We'll see you back here next week. Have a good one. Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.